This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Tom, what do we got today? Today we're going to be looking at um, something that in American, I guess, pop culture, American lore, right? Um, we'll be looking at probably the most famous prison of all time, and that's going to be Alcatraz. I remember it primarily. The first time I really learned about Alcatraz was from a movie um, with... What, The Rock? <laughs> no. Although that was a good movie, nonetheless. I, I, I like that movie. Yeah, but um, no, I'm talking about the movie with Clint Eastwood, like back in the day, about the only potential, which we'll discuss today, escape from Alcatraz. That's like, I remember learning and watching that movie when I was younger with my dad on TV. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And that's kind of how I got to know Alcatraz. Itself. I remember but, watching my, my mom used to watch Unsolved Mysteries. I guess they okay. talked about that escape and I got scared. I thought like the people that escape were going to come to my house or something. That's funny. Well, we'll Even talk now. about it because potentially they uh, might actually have been around for much longer than some They're people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's They're been right. a lot of new stuff with that too, actually. Yeah, Within like last, lately. In the last yep. 10 years, five, yep. 10 years, yeah. A lot of stuff. Uh, so, All right. Yes. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the island of Alcatraz, but we'll we'll kind of start off real quick talking about like the premise behind it, why it's called Alcatraz, and then from there we're going to go into it's more yeah, famous. Why it's famous with the prison, prison uh, yeah. why it was made a prison. I guess we can talk about why yeah. it, was why only it a stopped being a prison. It's only yeah. a prison for thirty years, yeah. and then kind of what it is now, which I believe now it's a it's a major tourist attraction now. Yeah, people go there, it's, and they're, and they're trying the island itself, the prison. They're still they're still rebuilding, I believe, which we'll, yeah. we can guess we can discuss. Let's Meanwhile, I keep on looking down. I got bitten by like a spider two days ago, and like I keep on waiting for superpowers, but like nothing's happening. It's, it's, it's not working. Yeah, it's I not think, working. I, I I mean, I got I think that's by like gonna a work. dud spider, man. It's just this is. A, it might just out. be affecting your brain stem instead. Potentially, so. potentially, I, that's a good excuse to just add to it. Um. Anyway, Alcatraz. <laughs> before you know. <laughs> oh, nice. That's off, Alcatraz, slightly off tangent there, but that's fun. Slightly. That's all right. So, August eleventh, nineteen thirty-four, is when the first group of prisoners uh, arrive at Alcatraz. But Alcatraz history starts way before nineteen thirty-four. Oh yeah. So, so it really starts out as a military outpost in 1850s. We gain California from the Mexican-American War, which we actually did a podcast on uh, a there while back. Go. So we get we gain it in 1848. Um, at that point, California becomes property of the United States, and along with it, this little island. The island itself is known as the Island of the Los Alcatraces, I guess. Yeah. Which well, is like, they named it La La Isla de los Alcatraz, right? Yes. Which they said was like an old Spanish version of the island of the pelicans. And it was yeah. named that because um, it literally was occupied by pelicans. By like birds. There was birds. Yeah. There were so yeah. many birds there. So they named it the island of the birds, which loosely translated to Alcatraz. And it kind of became Americanized over the Americanized, years. And it just yeah. became, uh, you know, Alcatraz. But Alcatraz initially was a U.S. military citadel. And it was designed specifically because in 1850s when 1849 really when gold was discovered in california there was a genuine fear that there was going to be some foreign invaders that were going to look to like cashing in on california's gold rush so they basically designed this like military fort on this island off the coast of san francisco in san francisco bay to monitor all activity they put like 100 cannons on there soldier garrison and and yeah it was just to kind of you know protect the 
the San Francisco Bay in case someone wanted to come in yeah, and they put like, steal some of the gold. Then they have like over a hundred cannons were placed yeah, on yeah. the island. So that they just, yeah. it was fortified. Absolutely. Yeah. This continued actually throughout the civil war, which was fought in 1860s, about a decade later. And this is also during a civil war when it's the first time it's really used as a prison. Um, it was used as a prison temporarily um, for Confederate soldiers. Again, it wasn't a prison yet. It was still military buildings and barracks, but this is the first time that it houses prisoners um, from the Confederacy. So I guess it foreshadowed like the general population prison that it, it would eventually become. When it is turned into a prison, though, so there's no more need to, for armed monitoring right, of the bay. Um, and the United States deconstructs the fortress and essentially takes it all apart. And the only thing that stays behind is a foundation. And then... This is ironic. In 1909 to 1911, so shortly before World War I, uh, they used military prisoners to create new structures. Yeah, to bring like... They basically basically built their own prison, right? Yeah, literally. They basically had them building their own prison. And the plan was to basically do that, right? To make it a federal prison, basically. And But yeah, but they basically had to build their, their own. Yep. And a military eventually, it's supposed to be a military prison initially, kind of like, you know, a la Guantanamo Bay kind of thing. Um, however, it is military transfers ownership of the island to um, U.S. Department of Justice in 1933. And that's when it becomes synonymous with, you know, housing notorious criminals, ultimately. Yeah, um, Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly, people like yep. that. Basically what it was was, and we'll get to this in more detail, I guess you want, Pete. But it was inmates. These were already inmates. You weren't sent to Alcatraz. You were sent to other prisons. Mm-hmm. And... The trouble inmates in these other prisons were then sent to Alcatraz. That yes. was that was the idea. That because Alcatraz had this image of just being this brutal place, and it was brutal. It definitely was, and also in, in, inescapable. It was a it was not a fun place to be. Although some people say it wasn't as bad as it's portrayed yeah. to in the history, which, which we can always discuss. But yeah, they were inmates that were troublemakers. Other places, the idea is they send you to Alcatraz, which you'll spend in a couple of years there at least eight years, right, to mm-hmm. reform you, and then you'll be sent back to your other prison. These are all lifers for the most part. Yep. And there was one other kind of caveat to that because they said that those convicts that were housed in Alcatraz were not necessarily committed because of violent like crimes, but there were convicts that actually had a lot of connections, and they would uh, be very disobedient inmates when it comes to just being in prison. And they often bribed guards. Like if you think Al Capone, they were able to bribe guards and attempt escapes um, that once they were placed in Alcatraz were impossible, yeah. you know? And, and that was kind of the big selling point of Alcatraz. It wasn't that these guys committed the worst crimes. It was just that these, a lot of people yeah. that went there could potentially want to escape if they were in a regular prison and would have help on the outside to escape from them. However, yeah, so Alcatraz put, was escape proof at the time. Exactly. You could go there and then you could try, but the odds of getting out were not as high. That was, yeah. A lot of the people that were there were like counterfeiters, forgers. He had murderers too. You had, you had, you had bad people. Like, yeah, that's one reason why they put Capone there. It's because he had so many connections. You know, he would, he would break out of a normal prison. He would get help. Yeah. You're not going to get your help from Al- and Alcatraz. And even if you do get out, good luck getting out. Good luck yeah. surviving yeah. the bay and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, and I think we'll get to that in a second. But at the same time, um, Alcatraz was known at the time in comparison to other prisons. It was they had a one-man-per-cell policy. Uh, which actually kind of appealed to uh, to a lot of inmates, and and some inmates asked to be transferred there because of that. Also, statistics. They had hot water. They had hot yeah, water. And, and, well, they had, they, why did they, they have hot water? 
Obviously, the pipes would freeze otherwise. Yeah, right? but at the same time, they said that's that a big deal. Based on what I read, right, it said that they had hot water. And it was a dual purpose for it. And it wasn't just because because a lot of jails didn't have hot water. Um, but the premise was also that they got inmates so used to hot water that if they ever try to escape, the the bay was yeah, so cold. Cold, they would freeze. Hypothermia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like they did that on purpose. They gave them hot waters and showers as opposed to other prisons. So if they ever did hop into the bay to try to escape, it would they would be more likely to get hypothermia, which is like a double and whammy. And apparently the food was much better in Alcatraz than it was yes. in the typical prison just because they brought it in. These people yep. live there. That's something I guess we can look at. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the, yeah. the guards, they had like um, – they had like apartments built on the island because the guards that worked there, their families, if they were married, came with them. They had bachelor pads, like they were actually called bachelor pads, where single guards would live. And then guards who had a wife and kids, their wife and kids came with them and lived on the island. There yeah. were over there was 129, I believe, total women and children that lived on the island. That was the only women that were allowed on the island too. There were no women guards and there were no women inmates ever on yeah. Alcatraz. They said that kids often fish in the bay and kind of pass the time in social holes. They had like bowling holes there and pool holes, like, you know, of kids of these guards. While it was forbidden to make any contact with the inmates, uh, based on what I read, it said that it, a lot of them made like a spectator sport of watching new arrivals, like come in wearing shackles. Like that was the thing for the kids to do. See who's um, coming next and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, look who got here. And go back to your food thing. Statistics actually prove that most of the – one of the biggest causes – cause of prison riots in 1930s believe it or not was because of poor food was served oh, makes sense right so alcatraz first warden james a johnson like he was in newspapers kind of boasting on this and like really pride, prided himself on serving good food to his inmates like he goes they always want to come back for like you know second helpings like you know they loved my food also if inmates behaved well they had access to certain privileges right which included monthly movies uh, which again, this is 1930s. That's like a big deal. They had like a little theater in there. Um, there was about 15,000 books and 75 popular magazine subscriptions coming into jail. So overall, in, the conditions inside Alcatraz were were kind of more attractive than other federal prisons at the time. You know, so there's cases of people actually asking to be transferred to um, to Alcatraz, which is like okay. I mean, I, I don't know, right. I guess if you're going to be there, you know, might as well go to a place with running water and or hot water and just your own cell. And, and also, I think a lot of them want to be translated. They almost like it was a challenge of Alcatraz. That's what I was kind of looking at, too, is I'm like, you know, they survived these other prisons. Alcatraz isn't so bad. And they get there. And a lot of them are like, no, actually, it was pretty bad. Even Al Capone was like, this. it licked me pretty bad. Like, it, was, it wasn't a fun place. And the guards were brutal to a lot of the prisoners beatings yep. and just yep, things yep. of that nature it was not it was not a easy place to be without a doubt no nope, you no. could get killed by other inmates when they talk about sharks there really weren't a lot of sharks in that water but no okay. yeah i was not able to find anything they were really... they were on um, bottom feeder sharks they weren't in one thing there's no great whites there that are going to pop out and uh you know you'll die from hypothermia and from the rip the riptides and stuff not before you get taken out by sharks yeah uh, softball was apparently like a popular pastime if you went. Yeah, to but I saw it was interesting with that. It was, what was it? If you hit, if you hit it over the fence, it was an out because then you couldn't get the ball back. <laughs> so it wasn't like, you, know, you didn't want to hit a home run. You wanted to keep the ball in play because it went out. If it went over the fence, that's it. We're not getting that back. So <laughs> that's an out. Uh, did you read about the game like on May 20th in uh, 1956? That with the knife fight? Game, yeah. Yeah. They got, they got so heated. People just kind of took out like knives and started. Makeshift knives and started attacking each other. Each other. <laughs> 
yeah have fun playing uh softball at uh you know well, alcatraz <laughs> um so let's talk about alcatraz and its escapes and, and kind of this version of why it was supposedly escape proof because the first of all there's no confirmed prisoner escapes from alcatraz we should get that out of the way um confirmed yeah there's confirmed. been no confirmed ones. yes yeah there was so, one guy. What was his? He did escape, right? And they found him by the golden. Yeah, Gate he Bridge, made it he, to the other side. But he was actually like, uh, what was his name? <sighs> but um, he was. Uh, it I don't was, remember uh, his name. But um, I John, John Paul Scott. Yes, he he covered himself with lard, squeezed through a window, swam the shore. Um, but he was exhausted by the time he got to the Golden Gate Bridge, and the police found him. He was unconscious and hypodermic shock. Yeah. So they had, they brought him back to prison. They kind of heal you up and they put you in a solitary confinement which yeah. is not a good time. And there were people that were there for years in solitary confinement. But, but like this guy made it. I mean, he showed that it was possible to swim across. Well, yeah, I mean, guess we can talk about that now, but even the, if you watch the show Mythbusters, they actually did like, they actually did one um, based on somebody's other escape attempts that we'll look here. And they proved, they concluded that it was feasible that you could get across. That'd be perfect conditions. If you're going in the winter, which some of these guys try to do, it's probably not going to happen. Um, because the water's the water's is too cold. Your, your human body is not going to survive that, and if the, if the current is too strong, it's going to just pull you out to the Pacific. That's it. But certain conditions, certain times of year, if certain if things go right, you get a little lucky. It's possible, and that's some of the ones that we'll. Well, talk I mean, about, I, I think I, I, they actually have. Um, there's an escape from Alcatraz triathlon. Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's like hundreds compete in this 1.5 mile swim annually. Um, in what is literally known escape from Alcatraz triathlon and they do make it like all the time. Um, yeah. so, I mean, it does, it does happen. However, when you look at the actual escape, uh, and escapes from, so there's a total of 36 inmates that put this supposedly escape proof Alcatraz to the test, right? Um, of those convicts, uh, convicts, so these 36 convicts, 23 were captured. Um, six were shot to death and two drowned. The other five went missing and were presumed drowned, including Frank Morris and brothers John and Clarence Anglin, which is basically what that movie space and I was telling you yeah. early on. Uh, 1962, they attempted his breakthrough, uh, breakout rather, and it inspired the movie uh, Escape from Alcatraz. That's what it was called. And the earlier ones, Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe, they believed that they probably died at sea um, yep. with the currents were so strong that at the time there was no way they were going to swim anywhere else but the other ones where we'll get to especially the um or the brothers right what they called the, the yeah, Ingles yeah, was, brothers yeah the, they the actually brothers. they think they actually went to a, another smaller island by alcatraz they actually found footprints right and some makeshift yeah. rafts on that island and that's why they think they might have been the ones that possibly escaped well, these guys yeah so this escape let's just get I to mean, that let's just get yeah, to that, yeah like so these inmates there were um the brothers were bank robbers right from john and clarence anglin they vanished from alcatraz uh, in 1962, they had used uh, this was kind of that's what it was. Right about. before it was closed. Remember, it, it they closed literally closed like right after. Yep. Yeah. Um, so they used sharpened spoons to kind of bore through the prison wall. Um, yeah, and what they would do is they would do this to make sure no one heard it. Is that every day, um, not every day, but every couple, what was it, once a month or something like that, they were allowed mm -hmm. to play like the accordion for like an hour mm -hmm. and a half. So that's what they would use it to just chip away, chip away, chip away, and then they would put like a false wall there. And because they, the room was so dark, the guards didn't couldn't tell if it was, you know, they just didn't go in and check. If they ever went in and actually checked, they would see it was just like a sheet, but it looked so dark, it didn't matter. Yep. 
And then after that, they used like paper mache dummies. They made paper mache dummies. You, you Google somebody's um, the mat the the dummy head that they put in their cell, and they look they look realistic. Like they had like real they human do. hair on it and stuff like that. Well, they got and the hair from uh, apparently they went to like the barber or something. Barber, yeah. Right? Well, the other on... inmate, other inmates helped them out. They were donating them um, raincoats and other materials to make these preservers and to make the uh, the the ropes. Yeah, they, well, they made a raft. So they, got, like, they apparently yeah, made, they a made, raft they made rafts yeah. from fifty different raincoats that they managed to steal, um, and that's how they created this 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 dummy. You know, dummy this potential raft makeshift raft um so apparently they do this right they escape i mean we know for a fact they escape that's a given they got out and, yeah and actually if you go to alcatraz today that is part of their room is left more or less exactly how it was in 1962 and, and there's an audio tour it's like a self-guided audio tour that you take um on your phone really and uh you could see like the room like the dummy and everything else so the issue is that these guys escape. And, and there's supposed to be other people escaping with them too, but they, they yes. took them longer to get out. And the one guy said he just got one there. One guy got and was stuck like, between the walls or something. Yeah, and he just went back and he was able to break back through and just went back to sleep. He's like, I'm not getting out. Just went back into his room yeah. and went to sleep. So F- the FBI actually closed the case by 1979. So, I mean, they, they, you know, they took like 17 years to try to figure this out. And they basically concluded that there's no way that these guys, whose bodies, by the way, were never recovered, um, actually made it across the you know the mile and a half of frigid waters to mainland, but then like did you read this January twenty eighteen, like the CBS San Francisco publishes this extract of a letter that's addressed to the FBI. Well, yeah, they had the letter go to the FBI, and there's all these other stuff that started coming out after this too. Yeah, what do you got? Well, I was just talking about all all of these things. They the police said that they succumbed to hypothermia, right? Their bodies mm-hmm. stripped out to sea. Um, they never really handed this evidence over. And a lot of the, the people believe it was a, um, a cover-up. But there was a lot of sightings about them early on, mm-hmm. as we've talked about. Um, there's other ones that there was a call to the man saying like this. His friend bumped into him in Maryland and said, oh, there you are, right? It was, yeah. hey, I thought you were locked up. They know I got out or whatever. And um, probably the biggest thing is that in, when the mother was actually always got received flowers every Mother's Day anonymously until she died. And then they said at her funeral, two very tall, unusual women in heavy makeup came near funeral. Same thing happened when the father died, is that these two men in heavy beards came, went to the casket, cried, and then just walked out. Didn't say anything to anybody. They mm. think that was the brothers. In twenty eighteen. You had the one. Yeah, like they wrote someone wrote the letter to I the FBI. See that. Yeah. Yeah, and it said um it basically claimed that the criminals had been at large, right, since nineteen sixties. And this is this is twenty eighteen, so this is fairly recent. And the letter stated, My name is John Anglin. Um, I escaped he, from Alcatraz. He wanted uh, cancer treatment, right? That's what yes, it was. I escaped from Alcatraz in yeah. June 1962 with my brother Clarence and Frank Morris. I am currently 83 years old and in bad shape. I have cancer. Yes, we all made it that night, but barely. Um, so then the letter is sent to San Francisco Police Department. Like that's with the um, San Francisco CBS sends it to the police department in Richmond Station. Um, and it kind of keeps on the wraps. And apparently the FBI laboratory examines it and tries to find fingerprints and DNA and analyze their handwriting within. But like they said, the results were inconclusive. It could go either way, um, which basically means like uh, it means yes. And it means no. You know what I mean? Like, so it didn't do anything with it. It's just a real guy. Um, but in the letter, the writer also explained that he was the last living member of the trio. Um, and he said that him and his co-conspirators um, – escaped but the other two died in 2005 and 2008 respectively 
And he offered a deal that if the authorities announced on television that he would receive just a single one-year jail sentence, but the caveat was that he would, during that one-year jail sentence, would receive medical treatment that he needed because he couldn't afford the medical treatment for cancer. Then he said he will write back to let you know exactly where I am, and this is no joke. Um, the FBI kind of ignored it, though. They, they kind of repressed the letter, and they thought that um, it was just some guy kind of you know, messing with them. But there's also another thing that comes out of this, that there's an officer with uh, San Francisco police that was there that night in June in 62, and he reported seeing like a pristine white boat out in the bay on the night yeah. that the men disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it had like no lights on, but it appeared to have someone on board that was shining a flashlight into the water. Um, and he believes that this boat actually, uh, that was just there, God knows for what purpose, um, fished them out and helped them get to shore. Uh, again, we will never know. Um, well, there's another guy by the name of um, John Kelly that apparently on his deathbed confession, he said that he actually, him and one of his, um, and his partner picked them up in a boat and they were hired to do that and transport them to Seattle, where they were going to later bring them over to Canada. But then they double crossed them uh, and killed the two of them. They, he, that they killed the brothers to get the $40,000 that their families collected for them. And that he actually um, admitted to this to a nurse and a nun on his deathbed. Um, and he said, if you go to this spot and dig at this, whatever, this underneath rock by this tree, you're going to find their bodies. And they actually did. They went there and um, dug and didn't, didn't find any human remains. But that was still like a story that's out there is that they did serve. They didn't break out. But the people that picked them on the boat, like you were just talking about, killed them for the and just kept the money that they were paid to you know, set them free. Hmm. So Alcatraz itself, however, when it's a prison, it does host some fairly known prisoners yeah i think um, well we talked about machine gun kelly a little bit, al capone but i guess the most one of the most famous ones was actually be um bird birdman man. yeah birdman let's yeah. Say, i guess we talked about the birdman for a little bit right yeah go ahead so what do we got about the, what do you have about the bird well man? one the birdman the um he never actually kept any birds on alcatraz island um he was famous for keeping birds in his other penitentiary and he just they kind of just called him that when he got there um but because alcatraz had a no a strict no pets without policy he was always held away from the general population. He was pretty much in seclusion pretty much the whole time he was there. And he was, this guy was a notorious, he was a criminal his whole life. Like he was, I believe he started getting thrown in jail when he was 19. What's, what was the name? Robert what? History is the greatest adventure story. But does it ever leave you wondering what the women were doing all that time? This is Lori from the Her Half of History podcast. And the answer is that some women were seizing power or escaping slavery or spying for their country or creating artistic masterpieces while countless others were doing the laundry, getting married and wondering why their clothes don't have more pockets. If you would like to hear the stories of women doing all of those things, check out Her Half of History at herhalfofhistory.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Wasn't it Robert Shroud? Robert Shroud, yeah. Sorry, what did I say? John Kendrick, he was he was a different... John Kendrick was a guy. He was a different guy. Yeah. Yeah, this was Robert Shroud, right? Yeah, Robert Shroud. And he Shroud, was there yeah. for manslaughter, I think. Yeah, but... in Well, yeah, that's... He killed, I think, a prisoner in another prison. That's why he got mm-hmm. sent there. But um, yeah, he was in prison pretty much his whole life. They made a movie about that in 62. Oh, the Birdman. And he kind, that kind of, like, glorified him, I think, that, that movie, The Birdman of Alcatraz. Yeah. But actually, they're like, he was not, like, that type of, like... They almost made him seem not like a nice guy, but like a gentle type of soul. They're like, no, this was not this guy at all. He he was kept secluded from people because of how he acted, because of how he was, and because of the fact that like 
he was also mentally ill. He spent a lot of his time in the hospital there too. Yeah. And obviously there was Al Capone. Well, it's well known. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, he was actually one of the first prisoners to occupy uh, New Alcatraz Federal Prison because he got there in August of 1934. So he was one of the first prisoners to get there. Um, he also, though, they said he was, the prison was, and keep in mind, he's just like the mob boss, but they said that the prison was free of bribery, but that was incorrect because Al Capone had actually bribed guards um, to receive like preferential treatment while he was there. And he was actually there for tax evasion. Um because they, they couldn't get him, get him any other way, yeah. Yeah, but they, I mean, even though he was bribing them to get like things, make him more comfortable. If you just look, I mean, they were the the cells in Alcatraz were barely bigger than the closet, right? Were they five feet yep. by nine feet? Yeah. So if a prisoner stretched their arms out, they could actually touch the cell walls, and you know, yep. at the same time, and it was just big enough to hold a, a sink, a toilet, and a cot. So I mean, it was and not it, a. Um, if you were put in solitary confinement, it was even worse. Did you see that when you were doing your research that he actually played banjo in like an inmate band? Yeah, they would call them like Bluegrass Al or something like that. Yeah. And this is like literally the mob boss of Chicago there at that point. I mean, and uh, he was known there simply as convict number 85. And they said he was so cooperative that they permitted him to join this band and he played a banjo. Um, the Rock Islanders was the band and they gave regular Sunday concerts for other inmates. So, like, you know, pre-Johnny Cash, Al Capone was rocking some prisons over there. So, after the escape in 62, um, the prison itself closes. And the reason it closes, it it basically becomes too expensive to keep it open. Yeah, it was, I think they said on average it cost $3 a day for normal prisons to run yep. per, per inmate. In Alcatraz, it was 10 Yeah, it was like $10.10 and 10 cents per yeah. person. That's literally like more than three times for the other federal prisons. Um, and one of the reasons why they say it was so expensive. Um, and again, it, some people kind of, there's this misconception that Alcatraz got shuttered because of human rights issues, because they were like not treating the prisoners correctly. And there's other rumors that because of the fact that potentially someone escaped from this prison that was not escapable, but really, the bottom line is it comes down to the same reason most of these things come down to, which is um, as distinctive as it was for its location, which supposedly did make it impossible to escape from. At the end of the day, it was the location that got to it because they yeah. said the salt water in the Just air. Just destroyed everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah like it, eroded it, the structure so much. Well, at one time, it was what the, the largest continuous concrete building in the world. Yes. and But, like, but nothing – corrodes anything like seawater does yeah and it just started to do it and started to make it worse and worse and if they kept it there and uh, up there would have been millions of dollars in the 1960s just to fix it yeah. and they're like well we're gonna have to do this again i think they tried fixing it for a while and then looked at listen if, and if we try to fix it it's going to cost millions of dollars and robert kennedy was attorney general at the time he's like forget it just yeah it's it's not something that's going to be feasible let's just use that money somewhere else and they, i think they build like a new Max security prison in Illinois or something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, we, you kind of alluded to this before. Everything had to be brought into the island. I mean, food. Yeah, but really, yeah. Yeah, we say it's an island, but it's not It's not even an island. That doesn't even, it's really a rock. That's why it was called yeah. the rock, right? It's really just yeah. a giant rock. You, there's nothing really to, I mean, they can build on it, but there's no beach line. There's no water anywhere, like stuff like that. They had to have, like, you know, the desalitation plants and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was very expensive to, run it and that's what they just by a certain time it just wasn't worth it like yep. you said 
Um, and they said, another thing was water. They said it was like, by, they had to bring millions of gallons a week of water. It just wasn't feasible. So then it, it, it stays dormant. Um, it stays dormant for, what, like six years, I think? Until, ironically, wow. it gets taken over yeah, that's a by big... in 1969. I remember hearing about this, but then researching it was interesting, yeah. Yeah. So 1969, a group of college students that are of Native American descent stormed the abandoned prison. Because at that point, it's just sitting in. It's not a museum yet. It's just like an abandoned prison. Um, it's there, yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're caused. So they stormed this abandoned prison. They occupy it, these Native American um, college students, and their cause is to essentially draw attention to the United States government's policy of terminating tribal sovereignty uh, and also relocating Native American residents to cities because you know from these tri- tribal sovereign, I guess, lands. But ironically, if you look at some of the first prisons, prisoners rather, that were held as inmates, um, so in, as I mentioned before that in 1860s, Civil War, prisoners included Union deserters and Confederate like sympathizers. Oh, yeah, Native Americans, then, yeah. Yeah, but then shortly after, like 1870s, the military prison, before it was officially a prison, again, this is 1870s, some of the first ever prisoners at island were actually Native Americans that had land disagreements with federal government. In 1969, when Alcatraz became kind of front, front page news, right? Yeah, well, they, that, the occupation lasted for 19 months. And at one yeah. point, there was over 400 people, 400 protesters there. And the government really just said, like, we're just going to, like, wait them out. Um, and then at one point, there was only 15 people there. So now that's when they moved in and, like, we moved yeah. them, like, arresting them, basically. Um, but they did achieve their goal. Nixon actually um, reversed the policy and said, we'll stop taking their land, at least for a time. It changes eventually again. Yeah. Um, but it, it does somewhat reaches its goal. I mean, that's a podcast too, I guess, just talking yeah. about that. It's part of a lesser known protest. Yep. Um, that's out there. So the, the protest uh, was led by Mohawk Richard Oaks. Uh, they took the island in November of 69, and they cited an 1868 treaty that granted unoccupied federal land to Native Americans. Um, and they claimed that because this island was no longer occupied and it was federal land, it therefore it belonged to Native Americans as per tr- that treaty. Um, the protesters also demanded, uh, the protesters demanded, that the deed to Alcatraz uh, belonged to them. And they wanted that island to establish a university and a cultural center. So it's not like they were like, hey, we want it for, we just want to be here. No, like they had a plan of what they wanted it for. And based on that treaty that said that if it's unoccupied federal land, it belonged to Native Americans, like, I mean... You know, technically, yeah, they technically a small print. Yeah. Like they had some claims to that. Um, I, they, do you know? I don't know if you saw that. They also offered to um, that a proclamation that, that they said they were offering to purchase the island twenty four dollars in glass beads and beads, red yeah. cloth. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which is what supposedly, uh, reportedly, was paid by Dutch settlers for Manhattan in sixteen twenty six. Anyway. As you mentioned before, the federal marshals removed the last prisoners um, in June of 1971. But they say that some of the graffiti still remains there to this day. Yeah, that you can go to certain um, certain rooms. They also say, I guess, there's something we can get in the that it's like haunted, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have know, that's so, one of the most haunted places on Earth, which we'll get to when we get to the okay. fun facts, I guess. Oh, we didn't talk about the Battle of Alcatraz. Okay, go. All right, so it was also known as the Alcatraz Blast Out, right? And it took place between May 2nd and 4th, 1946. Basically what happened is six prisoners got a hold of weapons and cell house keys. And then the keys, however, luckily the keys did not include the recreation yard. And the guards discovered they were trying to escape. 
Um, they should have just given up there, but they started the fight. So there's this bas- basically a shootout in Alcatraz. It was called the Battle of Alcatraz. That was in the and 40s, right? 46. 46, yeah. So in total, 18 officers were injured during the battle. Um, the Marines had to come in and to help get things back under control. And when all was said and done, three of the six were dead. Two were trials for murder and sentenced to death by the gas chamber. And the last of them, which was just a 19-year-old at the time, received a second life sentence. So, um, you know, their plan to kind of like shoot their way out of Al- Alcatraz didn't really go as planned. Mm-hmm. But they were able to overpower the guards and they would get through. And if they, they said if they would have had just had that one key that would have got them to the courtyard, they, they would have been, I don't know if got out, but they would have been at least able to get off the island. That was also turned into a movie. Uh, Brute Force, 1947, with Burt Lancaster. Which oh, interesting, Burt Lancaster also played in 19... So 20 years later, he starred in Birdman of Alcatraz. I guess he really seemed to like to play... That was like his thing. Alcatraz things. Yeah, yeah you know, I didn't think about that. That's, a, that's an interesting fact. So after the occupation, Alcatraz kind of sits there idle. Nothing really happens to it um, and for the next, like, three years. And then to kind of make sure that no other occupations happen to it... Uh, in 1972, it is converted into a park and made part of the United States National Park System. You could today, I assume even now, uh, during these COVID pre post COVID times, you could take uh, you can make a reservation and book a ferry. And once you're there, you do like a self guided audio tour that will basically take you through the grounds. Uh, it'll bring you to the cells um, of Acapone. They say that about 1.5 million people visit it annually yeah and it just reopened in march actually it yeah. closed down obviously during the um, covid pandemic but it did reopen in march of uh, 2021 and there's there and there's a lot of um like i said a lot of art is still there um in certain parts of it they want to rebuild other parts of the- i saw there's a plan of actually to um destroy the prison and build a peace center in this place i don't think that's actually going to mm-hmm. happen but that's something that they're talking about uh, and again it's just all the corrosion is still happening now and in 2011, the Park Service be, did be, uh, start a lot of like renovations to kind of fix it up. They put solar plant panels there. They tried to stabilize um, some of the um, towers and some of the um, the warden's house mm. and stuff like that because it's a, it's a still deteriorating at a pretty rapid pace. I've never been. I mean, I would love to do that. I know when I went to talk about like self-guided tour. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, it'd be fun. One of the like the best self-guided tours I've ever been on that was very similar to this. It was just basically an audio. You just you know you download this app was at the book depository in Dallas when I went a couple of years ago for the JFK thing. That was really cool. So I assume this is very similar. It's like you take your phone and just kind of walk around. Um, although if you do walk around, you will be amongst... attacked by birds. Exactly. Yeah. They said, they said <laughs> that's what everyone's saying. Um, there's about 5,000 birds from nine different species on this island. And this, I kind of remember something like this years ago. On my honeymoon, we went to Hawaii. And they take on this one a boat tour through some of the things by Kauai. And there's this one island. And they said, we don't even go by this island. It's this small little island, probably like the size of Alcatraz. And they said, it's just birds there. And if you get too close, like scientists will go there once in a while to do surveys and stuff. But they don't take tourists there because if you got, start getting close, the birds just like dive bomb you and just like attack. And they said, it's pretty much similar what happens here because there's not as much human inhabitants are not there. So it's literally gone to the birds. And these birds are just like, some of them will just come crazy at you. Stuff like that as you're uh, coming up to the island. That you is gotta watch crazy. out. Well, imagine like five, over five thousand birds just like swarm in this island. That is the amount crazy. of just like bird droppings right. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So a, a few things I guess we could kind of finish up with uh, with regards to Alcatraz. First of all, well, this I don't know sure how interesting this is, but this was the first the first ever lighthouse. Yes. Um, was constructed 
in Alcatraz on the West Coast. It was the first of its kind. And then what happened, it became obsolete very quickly when they started building the military prison. They started building around the lighthouse and actually built bigger structures, which kind of, you know, defeated their purpose. What else? Uh, bah, 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 bah. I know some prisoners actually went insane while they were incarcerated there. I saw that one. At the one prisoner, he stole an axe and he chopped off his own fingers and his own left hand eventually with it. And then he um, tried to convince his in his cellmate or the guy next to the cell to do the same thing. And the guy's like, I'm not doing that. And so they had a call and get help. And then there was another guy who um, slit his own throat with a pair of eyeglasses. He actually what? survived. But then he tried to escape and they shot and killed him. That is just saying the, con- the constant tight spaces and the solitary confinement that they would be, that they would be subjected to at times that people just broke. And knowing that there was no way out, you're just surrounded by water and stuff like that. Like, a lot of people just broke from that. What? So if you guys go there today, um, you're going to notice a really cool guard tower. And you're going to be like, wow, that's so cool. There's like a surviving guard tower. The only and last remaining guard tower on Alcatraz today is actually a movie prop from the movie The Rock. The Rock, yeah, with Sean It Conrad. was built for, yeah, for the famous scene um, at the end. It, there was no surviving guard towers on Alcatraz. Um, I thought that was cool. Because if I, I would, went there, if I would go there, I'd be like, oh, this is so cool. And then... But it's know, actually not there, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really not that, yeah. It's a movie prop. And it was a great movie, so, you know. They said that it was uh, San, Francisco, San Francisco overall, being in San Francisco Bay. Alcatraz was surrounded by water. But there was no source, as we mentioned before, of fresh water fresh anywhere water. on the island. So, um, like, even though it was surrounded by water, there, there was no water. Um, right, so another one, probably the toughest punishment on Alcatraz, they had something that was called the strip cell. Did you see that? And no. basically, this is what a lot of people, a lot of them went insane. Is they basically said that the inmates, if you did something that was not, that the guards didn't like, they would throw you in what they called the strip cell, which it was a completely... The room was pitch black and you were stripped naked. You were given water and bread just once a day and you were given a mattress, but only at night. And you're just in this room that the toilet was just a hole in the floor. That was it. And it was an even smaller room than normal. And there was no sink in this room whatsoever. By today's okay. standards, it, w- it wouldn't go. You couldn't do this to prisoners today. It'd be considered a cruel and cruel punishment because they're just locked in this like small room, naked, no, no. No, no, nothing basically, hmm. and that's and you would be left in there for days, hmm. and that that would, that would be your punishment. So that's hmm. what everyone wanted to avoid that because they said it just would drive you nuts. Hmm. You could never, you couldn't, you couldn't stand up, you couldn't stretch out. It was like that type of cell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also a story of Al Capone's ghost, apparently, and that goes back to the story about the banjo. Um, it was supposed to be the most haunted place on earth, right? Yeah, but like a park ranger says that he hears. A, ba- a banjo playing in the shower room in which Al Capone uh, apparently like received you, permission to spend time. But And here's the thing with all these ghost stories, and that's fine. Right? People like that, that's fine. But yeah. can't you just go and put on, like, take your cell phone and then just like listen to it and see if there's a banjo playing? Like, that's what I don't get. Oh, there's a banjo that plays yeah. here. All right, so where's the proof of that? Like, that should be something very easy. Just put up a couple of microphones. This is 2021. Like, it's not like... I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. I'm sorry. I'm being. No, no. I don't know. I'm using. I'm using logic. I apologize. Stop it. We don't like that. But. Um, <laughs> what else did I have here that was kind of interesting? The creepy. Uh, you remember the <laughs> Alvin Francis creepy Carpowick Carpowitz? I did see something with him. Yeah, Carpowitz. Uh, he was known as Creepy Carpus. 
Um, he had a, this. He was this was like this depression era criminal. He had a terrifying smile, uh, but he's known because he had the longest uh, tenure in prison. He was there for twenty five years. Out of remember, the prison was only around for thirty years. He was there for twenty five of them and actually outlasted the prison. And when it closed, he was transferred to finish his sentence um, in a different prison before he was eventually kind of deported to his native Canada, where they're just like, yeah, go to Canada. Can you imagine that? Um, like, you actually, like, you're in jail so long that you even outlive Alcatraz? Like, that's crazy. 30 years is not really a long time for a prison to be around. Like, for it, it does have a lot of history for just such a short period of time. Actually, while during that history of 30 years, they said that um, they didn't even have a morgue because there was the deaths on the island were so infrequent. Yeah, people died that, there, but it wasn't all the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they said they were not equipped with death row or facilities to execute no, prisoners. Like that, no, um, that's not what it was there for. It was there as more of a punishment. You can't behave in a normal jail, so now you're going to this jail. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Uh, they said eight prisoners were murdered by other inmates during the 30 years, and there was fi- five suicides and 15 died of natural causes. All right. I guess that that's I guess that's it. I would say that sums it up. I think it's one of those parts of Americana that people are always going to talk about and it's definitely it would be a place that I would like to see one day. I think it'd be interesting to go yeah, there and like, like it just they said there's a lot of gardens there now that that the guards planted when they lived there and they're still there but again just overrun but it's just part of it's just part of American history. It's part of the um you know, this used to be considered justice, you know, something like that. And on a on a mysterious note to finish it up with, one particular incident occurred in cell 14D sometime in be, 1940s. Is this going to be more ghosts? Yeah. A prisoner was locked in a cell, number 14D, and he screamed all night that something with glowing eyes was trying to kill him. And the guard just kept on telling him to just be quiet. And the next morning, they found him strangled to death in his cell. The cause of his death was never determined. And um, and later on, some guards later claimed that they saw his ghost in line with other inmates during a headcount. Well, so, I did see that there was a um, – they reminded me of something I saw, that there was a – they do rat surveys on Alcatraz just to, like, see, make sure, you know, how many rats are there and stuff. And they said it's uh-huh. actually um, – the island is home to glowing millipedes. So maybe that's what he saw huh. with the glowing eyes. If they actually have glowing and dark millipedes that live on Alcatraz. Okay. So, okay. There you go. See, science, not ghost. Science. Uh, hey, you never know. You never know. All right. No, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm not into that. But I mean, you never know. To each his own. On yes, that that's note. Fair. That's fair. That's, that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. So on that note, um, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of History Teachers Talking Podcast. We are most definitely having fun here with these episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, in the grand scheme of things, thank you so much, everyone, for returning week after week to uh, listen to us talk about history and wacky history sometimes. And you know, there's, again, no particular order or reason to any of this, but we definitely do appreciate it. And if you guys ever need to contact us, you can find us at... History Teachers Talking Podcast.com. That's it. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Everyone, enjoy, and we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe, everyone.
hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Peter Zablocki, and I'm a historian, author, and college professor. I'm thrilled to invite you to check out Evergreen Network's History Shorts podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. In each bite-sized episode, I'll dive into my original research to bring you intriguing historical curiosities you've probably never heard of, uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped our world, from forgotten figures to overlooked events. And the best part? I've condensed all this historical goodness into manageable chunks, perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Whether you're commuting to work or squeezing in a quick break, History Shorts fits into the little time you probably think you don't have. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts.